This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I hate to wait. I bet I'm like a lot of you in that. I am by nature a rather impatient person. I like to accomplish what I want to accomplish now. I want to get where I want to go now. I hate delays. One thing that drives me absolutely up the wall are traffic jams. And, of course, anyone who lives in or around Chicago knows a lot about traffic jams. But something about sitting in your car, you know where you want to go, you know where you have to be, and you just can't get there. In some cases, you can actually see the building. You see the area where you want to go, and you can't get there. There's something about having to wait that's annoying. My other pet peeve, I hope I'm not insulting too many doctors out there, but when you go to a doctor's office for a 4 o'clock appointment and you get there at 4 and you wait and you wait and you wait, and then at maybe 4.45, you're called in to a smaller office where you proceed to wait and wait and wait. There's something about that that is just aggravating. F. Scott Fitzgerald, the great novelist, said, the three worst things in life to lie in bed and not to sleep, to try and please and not be able, and to wait for someone who does not come. I've always loved those. I resonate with each one of them. Waiting. Your ride is coming to the airport, but it's not there. And you watch for each car and you wonder, is that the one? You're waiting to be picked up. And you wait and you wait and they don't come. There's something that's particularly aggravating, painful about it. St. James, in our second reading for this third Sunday of Advent. By the way, I'd recommend that you read the letter of James. You could easily read it in one sitting. It's full of all kinds of interesting little insights and nuggets of truth. But James tells us here very clearly that we must be patient in the Christian faith. Listen to him. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. Christianity, in a certain sense, is a religion of fulfillment. The Lord has come. The incarnation, redemption have taken place. It's happened. But in another sense, Christianity is permanently a religion of waiting because we wait in joyful hope for the second coming of the Lord. We wait until this salvation has been fulfilled. That's why, Christians, there's a permanent Advent quality to Christian life. One reason I think why a lot of us like Advent, we resonate with it, is that it speaks of our whole life. Waiting for the Lord. We even say it liturgically, don't we? We wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior. 
But it's hard to wait. And we need this virtue of patience. You know what James is implying here, I think? What he knows? Is that all worthwhile things take time. All really great and beautiful things in life require patience. Think of a kid coming to an artist's studio to learn how to paint or sculpt. Will he learn overnight? Well, no, on the contrary. He has to spend years, years studying, watching, apprenticing, getting the moves of the painter, the moves of the sculptor into his body. Maybe he has to do a lot of kind of annoying basic work before he even gets to put brush to canvas or chisel to stone. Becoming an artist takes time. It has to grow in you gradually. Think of a young man coming to a monastery to become a monk, the time of novitiate. He might be eager to be fully involved in the life of the house, but he has to wait. He has to wait through the year of novitiate. Something, of course, I confront here at the seminary all the time. Students arrive in pre-theology or in first year, and they're eager to become priests. They know what God wants, and they want to start tomorrow. I understand that. A lot of the life of the seminary is the painful and difficult and demanding time of waiting, letting the tradition of the church sink into your mind, letting the rhythms of prayer sink into your heart, learning the ways of religious life. You know, when my sister was pregnant and my sister-in-law was pregnant, watching them during that period, it's a time of great patience. The baby's coming, everyone's excited, looking forward, but we just have to wait. And the mother carrying the child especially feels the difficulty and the trial of that process. One thing I've experienced, I've written a couple of books, and there's something about a book that you can't just sit down and write it as though you're going to determine now, here is when it will begin, here's what will finish. Somehow the book has to gestate in you. The book, almost like a child, comes on its own schedule, in its own way, its own time. You have to wait. One of my favorites here is, you know I love Dante so much. In Dante's Divine Comedy, when he comes to Mount Purgatory, the place where everyone's purged of their sins, there's a very large group of people who are at the foot of the mountain. They're not doing their work yet. They're in what he calls anti-purgatory, the pre-purgatory. And what they do, full-time, day in, day out, is they wait. Now why? Because in life, they waited too long to convert. They waited too long to turn to God. So now, before they can even begin the purgation process, they have to wait. Now how long? Dante says, just as long as it takes. Years, decades, centuries. Sometimes in the spiritual life, you just have to wait until you're ready. So James tells us, See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. That's a great image. The farmer waiting for the yield of the soil. When will it come? When it comes... How's it happening? I don't really know. 
But somehow this process of growth and gestation takes place in its own way, on its own timetable. And the worst thing the farmer could do is try to pick at it or force it to grow on his timetable. It won't. It won't. In fact, you dig it up. You destroy it. So, St. James is telling us, and it's a great Advent theme, so the Christian life is like the cultivation of a plant, the cultivation of a seed. Jesus has come among us, that's true. That means the seed of the divine life, the seed of grace, has been planted in the earth. It's been planted in time and history. And listen, Christians, it's been planted in us in our own hearts. What must we do now? We must, with patience, wait for the Christ life to develop in us. Jesus' purpose is to Christify the world, to turn it into his own body, to Christify us, to turn us into members of his body. How will it happen? In his way. When will it happen? His time. With prayer and attention, we therefore watch and wait. You know what this relates to? The way you read your life, the way you read what happens to you. What's one way to read history, to read your own life? Well, it's just you know, one thing after another. One event dumbly following another. This success, that failure, this insight, that stupidity, this misstep, this good step. And they just kind of happen. Life makes no sense. Remember Shakespeare, the line from Macbeth. Well, life is just a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. That's one way to read it. But we Christians know it's the wrong way to read it. Rather, the story of our lives is the story of this process of gestation by which the Christ life is developing and unfolding within us. How do we read now what happens to us? Our successes, our failures, the good, the bad, the suffering. Winter and spring rains, St. James says. The farmer watches and waits as the winter and spring rains fall. What is it about spring rains? Well, they're refreshing, wonderful. What is it about winter rains? Think about a rainstorm in late November, early December. There's something cold and harsh and uncompromising, terrible about them. His point, it seems to me, is we wait during both of these processes because both of them contribute somehow to growth. And so I have failed. How can I read it? Dumb suffering? Well, that's one way, but not the Christian way. The Christian way is to say, those are winter rains falling on the soil of my heart and the soil of my life, and they are allowing the Christ seed to grow in me if I'm able to see it. I experience success, joy. How do I read it? Well, it's a dumb luck. That's one way, not the Christian way. Christian way is, those are spring rains, refreshing and wonderful and rich, and they're allowing the Christ life to grow in me. 
We should read our lives the way the patient farmer reads his field. That's the point, the wonderful Advent point in James. We should read our lives that way. Christ coming to growth within us. One quick look at the gospel for today. John the Baptist is in prison in this gospel. There are three places where John is found in the gospels. He's found in the womb of his mother, he's found in the desert, and he's found in prison. Listen, Christians, all places of confinement, all places of expectation where we look for something new, the child in the womb looks for the life beyond. John in the desert predicts the coming of the Lord. John in prison looks for the Lord. All three of those places are Advent places. We too are in a kind of womb this life, a time of gestation. We wait, we watch. We too are in a kind of desert, waiting for the full flowering of the Christ life. We too are in a kind of prison, and we question and look and wait for the coming of the Lord. Move into the space of the Baptist and find there your Advent spirit, your Advent mood. Friends, can I take the last minute here again to make an appeal to you? We do need about $50,000 if we want to continue with this ministry on the radio. I think it's been a good year. We've had a chance to have the gospel proclaimed from a Catholic standpoint. So many of our Protestant brothers and sisters have done so well with the media. I think we Catholics are just trying to get uh, off the ground. So if you've enjoyed this ministry of preaching from a Catholic perspective, if you'd like to see it continue, could I ask you please to be generous? We need about $50,000. If you'd like to send me a check, please send it to Father Robert Barron at Mundelein Seminary, Mundelein, Illinois, 60060. And please make the check out simply to the University of St. Mary of the Lake. That's where I have the fund for this uh, project. So again, please, especially as Christmas approaches, if you're feeling generous and you feel this ministry is a good one and an important one, please take the time to write a check or just to uh, email me or write to me uh, with a donation. And may the Lord be with you and God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.